0: How we doing? Who's excited to be in church today? I am. Who's glad that March Madness ends today? See? I told you last week, if you don't like basketball, Jesus does still love you. It's okay. We can be different. This is week four of March Madness, and if you're a guest, we're glad you're here. If you're a regular, thank you for showing back up again. We appreciate it. We're glad you're here. I'm excited today. I I will get more into that later, but I am excited today. I'm going to recap a little bit, then we're going to get going, because I've got a lot to do and a short time to do it. Um, This is March Madness, and if you don't know what this is, this is the best time of the year, bar none. This is it, right here. This is uh, basketball season, and college basketball is in the process of having a five-week, four-week wrap-up of the season and it's a tournament, 68 teams. And we're down right now to six. Tonight there'll be four because there are two more games today. And last night I saw something that I had never seen before in my life. I'm watching this basketball game. Um, Which one was it? Texas Tech and Gonzaga. And Gonzaga had the ball in the corner and dude, these guys are like six, 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 eight. So they're big dudes. And this dude was gonna fire a three and he went to shoot a three and this guy came out of nowhere and blocked a three pointer Landed, jumped up again, out of bounds, caught the ball in the air and threw it back into his teammate. Yeah. <laughs> That's freak athleticism right there. Dude is a freak. And it's amazing to watch. You don't have to like it, but I, I, I'm like, I have never seen this. I called Tawana, I paused it. I'm like, Tawana, you gotta come see this. I rewound it. I'm like, I have never seen this happen before in my life, and I've been watching basketball since I was like six years old, and it was just amazing. But this is March Madness, and and they play tonight, right here. They play tonight. They win tonight. It's final for the 40 minutes away from the final four, so it's a good day. So at 2 o'clock, I know where I will be. I don't know what you're going to be doing. I know what I'm going to be doing today at 2 o'clock, and it's going to be awesome. Win or lose. <laughs> Buddy I went to high school with was... Uh, at, the, at Louisville last night, watching Purdue and um, Virginia, and just crazy back-and-forth game went to overtime, and it, it, the Purdue lost at the end, that was his team, so I messaged him like, D- I was cringing for you, because it was, they were winning, they knocked the ball full court, Virginia threw the ball full court, and a guy basically touched it from 10 feet and made a basket, and Purdue lost, so you know what, that's just how this season goes. But week one, we talked about a game plan, and I'm created on purpose for a purpose. I'm created on purpose for a purpose. Week two, we talked about getting a timeout to, to see where I am when I need rest and to refocus to get new strategy. I don't run to somewhere else. I run to Jesus. And he gives me rest. Last week we talked about help defense. I am, I am, or I might say I am. I am my brother's keeper. What did Coach Hardy say? One on the ball, four ready to help. One on the ball, four ready to help. Never leave someone alone. Today, today is, is gonna be a fun day, but it's gonna be a serious day. Today, we're talking about a full court press. Who knows what it is? Awesome. <laughs> I got a me over here. Full court press. We are pressing to, to get results. And if you don't know, a full court press is a defense. Full court press is defense, but it can create offense, right? you know what it is you know what it is let's hear again from coach uh coach hardy about what a full court press is hey life center i hope you're enjoying the march madness series uh I, I know i am it's a lot of fun and it's a time we can uh just just have fun with what we're talking about i'm here today with uh coach tavares hardy with Loyola university of maryland and uh I'm going to ask him some questions about some of the topics we're going to be doing. And uh, he's going to give us our take on them and we're going to take that and we're going to apply it through our lives. So first of all, Coach Hardy, thank you for your time. I know you're a very, very busy man. Your season just ended and um, it's time for some rest. So thank you for your time. I really appreciate that. that. Um, Coach Hardy has been coaching now for 13 years. Uh, he is from Chicago, played college basketball at Northwestern. He's played professionally. He was Big Ten, all Big Ten, all Big Ten team. So, uh, he was, he was a, a, a good player, and he's been a, a great coach, and we're happy he's with us today. So, I'm going to ask him about some concepts, and then we're going to talk about them. And uh, here we go. Uh, our last topic we're going to talk about in this March Madness series is full court press. Again, what is it? Why do you use it? And how do you use it? Yeah, so a full court press is um, when a team has to go the full length of the court to get down the floor. Uh, from the moment they take the ball out of bounds underneath their basket. We really want to put pressure them. We want to cause havoc. We want to make it difficult to get down to that other other end. And so we want to use that strategy. It can be used different times, but for the most part, we want to use that to impose our will on the the opponents. Um, We want to create chaos. We want to get them sped up and out of control and playing in a a style that they're not used to playing. And, um, you know, we think that they're using the full-court press we can kind of dictate the tempo of the game. We can speed things up and you know we'll score more points because we'll create havoc for them. Mm-hmm. And um, that's that's the basic reason we would use a full court press. There are other strategies. Some people just like to contain and slow folks down, but uh you really believe when you press it you should be aggressive and trying to make things happen. Okay, very good. Thank you for your time. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. All right, so full court press. He said to cause havoc, to speed people up, to make them do things that they normally would not do and you're playing defense and your whole objective of playing a full court press is to change that defense into what into offense a basketball court is 94 feet long it's 94 feet long when you're on defense you when you're on offense you move the ball you have to go the length of the court in order to try to score this is for all of you people who don't know basketball. In normal play mode, you're not concerned that much with the other team, or if you're winning comfortably, you settle back into whatever defense that you've decided to play man or zone, two, three, three, two, one, three, one doesn't matter uh, you settle back into your defense. And what happens when you settle back into your defense and you're not that concerned about what they're doing on that end of the court, they bring the ball up the court at their pace. And they have about 70 feet to bring the ball up before they ever engage any defense. And in that 70 feet, they're walking, they're dribbling the ball, they're seeing what you're doing, they're seeing how you're set up. Uh, When a point guard brings the ball to the court, he's not looking at the scoreboard, he's not looking at the fans, he's looking at the defense and seeing what they are giving him. Right? Some of y'all know. I know one of y'all know. You're looking to see what the defense is going to give you. You're focused on what they're doing. So they bring the ball up. You're there. You're ready, and you're waiting for them. So they have this 70 feet to comfortably walk the ball up the court. And if you're picking up pressure at half court, they got 47 feet. So that's, that's still a, lot, a long way to go. So all the time, they're comfortably bringing the ball up the court. They're, they're getting closer to their objective of scoring on you. Who likes to be scored on? No matter what the sport, you don't like it, do you? If you're playing football, you don't want to give up a touchdown. If you're playing soccer, you don't want to give up a goal, right? Hockey, you don't want to give up a goal. You don't want to be scored on. So they have this time to look at you and to see what you're doing. In, in, the, in the 90s at the University of Arkansas, head coach Nolan Richardson, no relation to me at all, um, instituted a style of play, this is him, that would become famous enough to have an ESPN documentary made about him. That's pretty great, right? He led Arkansas to three Final Fours, When in one national championship. He was named the NCAA Coach of the Year in 94 and was elected into the Hall of Fame. So the man knows what he's doing. Any Arkansas fans here? One, I'm sorry. <laughs> so his style of play was called 40 Minutes of Hell. If you don't know, a college basketball game is 40 Minutes. So his style of play was called 40 Minutes of Hell," and it was a frantic, full-court help defense, trapping, fast-paced game plan that forced opponents into mistakes and turnovers. It resulted in—that was funny. It resulted in easy points for the Razorbacks. Bud Walton Arena was, and really is now, a place that most teams don't want to travel to to play basketball. It's loud. It's nasty. They yell "pig suey. They're the Razorbacks, and they just they, they, will just scream out, pig suey. Okay. Whatever makes you happy. So his style of play was so frantic. It was so harried. It was incredibly difficult just to get the ball up the court because they had men waiting next to their players that when you tried to throw the ball in, they were trapping immediately, and the next guy was waiting to jump in the passing lane. It was hard to move the ball up the basketball court. They created turnovers at an unprecedented rate which created easy baskets and offense for them. They wore people down, and they imposed their will on their opponents. Do you all see where I'm going with this? It doesn't take rocket science. The full court press, and especially this style of play, wears down your opponent. It makes them tired. It makes them make bad decisions. It makes them do things out of character that they would not normally do. Listen to this verse, Philippians 3.13. Brothers and sisters, I do not count myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. I'm forgetting what is behind me, and I'm straining toward what is ahead. I what? I press. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I press to win the prize for what God God has called me to do. I'm pressing to fulfill his game plan in my life. Life. I press I don't wait for things to happen I don't sit back on my heels and wait at the free throw line For a guy to to walk 75 feet to get to me I press up I press toward the mark for the prize I press toward the goal that God has set for me Here's the process I find God's game plan for my life I find out what that is It's called discovering my purpose. I find God's plan for my life, and I press toward it. I don't make a plan and ask God to bless it and then press. See, we like to do that. We're taught at an early age, man, map that stuff out. You're going to pick your college. You're going to pick your career. You're going to pick your spouse. You're going to do all this stuff. Make a plan. And, and Many times we're so guilty of making our own plan. And then once we get started, once we get on this journey, then we ask God to bless our plan. When in reality, we should have reached out to him first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's about lifestyle. I'm righteous in him because I'm pursuing him. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness And then all these things will be added to you. You seek him first in his righteousness. He reveals his game plan to you. And guess guess what you do then? You press in on it. And you start making progress toward where he's called you to be and who he's called you to be. You press. If it's my plan, I'm not allowing God to order my steps. We like to say, good man's steps are ordered to the Lord. Well, who's doing the ordering? Are you seeking first the kingdom of God? Are you finding out what His plan is for your life? Are you finding out what you should study in school? Did you consult God about what your major is, students? Did you consult God about where you go to school? Did you consult God about who you're dating? If they love Jesus or not, if they don't, stay away because you're just creating trouble for yourself. Did you consult God about who you're going to marry, where you're going to live, where you're going to do this career? Seek first the kingdom of God. If we would seek him first and find out what his plan is for our life and then press in on that, do you know how much simpler and stress-free our lives would be? Or how about less stressful? A lot of times, a lot of our angst is created because we impose, we try to impose our will and our wants on God's plan and then ask him to bless it when we get in trouble because we're doing our own thing. Oops. You're like, Pastor Scott, this is supposed to be fun. (laughs) It is fun. The subject matter is, it may get in your business a little bit, but it is what it is. We have to move forward. We have to find out what God's game plan is. And then once we find out what that is, and then we press up. Pressing is not waiting for our enemy to make that 75-foot trip, getting to analyze us how we're set up and how best to mess us up and the best way to attack us. The best way to take us apart and the best way to score on us, a full-court press, is when we pick up intense defense, defense intended to to get us the ball back and to take our enemy out instead of letting him take us out, to take him out of his game plan instead of us be taken out of ours. And then we get to score easily instead of him. This is why. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, everybody knows there's a devil, right? If not, you wouldn't be here. If you you don't believe in devil and you're here, go watch basketball. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That means he's walking up the court. He's looking at you. He's seeing where you are. He's seeing what you're doing. He's seeing what your weaknesses are, the very ones that you speak about. And the same actions that you do over and over. He's seeing your weaknesses and how you're set up, and he's seeing exactly how he's going to attack you and how he's going to try to take you out because his job is to take you to hell with him. This isn't just fun and games. This is life and death. This is eternity that we're talking about today. We have the option of not letting him set up his game plan to slow us down and take us out. We have the option of pressing him and taking the ball away from him. We have to, fight our, have, to, have to fight our enemy like our life depends on it. It does. We have to fight our enemy like our eternity depends on it because it does. It's not just a small thing. It's not just this or that. Our eternity depends on this. We have to fight our enemy like our family depends on it because it does. We have to fight like our community and our church depend on it because they do. It may be frantic. It may feel like 40 minutes of hell. It may be tiring, but we have to fight. Everybody say have to. Have to. We have to fight. We have to fight. Our weapons are full-court pressed against Satan. They're not knives and guns and baseball bats. If somebody breaks into your house, you may have a baseball bat. You may have a gun. You may have a knife. You may have kung fu. I don't know. But you've got some plan, man. You, you, you've, you've had the thought, man, if somebody breaks into my house, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. Th- those aren't our weapons in this battle. Our weapons are spiritual. They're spiritual weapons, and when we use our spiritual weapons to put on a full-court press, our defense turns to offense, and we are once again in control of what's going on in our life because we're fighting. 2 Corinthians 10 says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine Power to demolish strongholds. Who can who can identify a stronghold in your life today? You don't have to raise your hand. You, you know what you struggle with. You know what you're fighting against. You can you, some of you right when I said that word, you something popped in your head that is a stronghold that you are personally battling right now. Our weapons are love, they're the word of God, they're prayer, they're fasting, their commitment, their dedication, all the things. That Satan cannot combat because he is the opposite of all of those things. Our weapons tear down strongholds in our lives. In the lives of our family. In the lives of those in our community. Love. The word of God. What the psalmist say. I hide your word in my heart so I will not sin against you. What did Jesus himself use when he, was, when he was fasting, when he was in this desert place and Satan came and tempted him three times? What? Jesus didn't reach up and smack him. He didn't drop kick him off the cliff. What did he do? He spoke the word of God against him. If you don't know the word of God, you can't speak the word of God. If you don't know the word of God, that, the word of God is not your weapon. How do you get to know the word of God? You read the word of God. You meditate on the word of God. The psalmist said, I hid your word where? In my heart. It's there. It's written on my heart. I can recite it. I know it. That's how Jesus defeated Satan. He spoke the word. He didn't shazam him. He spoke the word. That's all he did. Scripture tells us if we have faith as a grain of of a mustard seed, we can speak to a mountain and it has to move. If you don't know that weapon, you can't use that weapon. You may have heard that for the first time today. There's all kinds of things in the word of God that we can use against our enemy to press him, to push him back so that we can win. Listen to this, Matthew 5. You've heard that it hath been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate your enemy. This is Jesus talking. But I say to you, love your enemies. Who's done right there? What in the world? Love your enemies. Let's ratchet it up one level. Bless those who curse you. You're like, I'm going to knock them out. Bless those that curse you. Do good to them who hate you. It's not been too long ago I said this about somebody. I don't care if I ever see that person again. See, I'm not perfect, am I? Because someone that sticks a knife in your back or does you wrong, you don't want to be around that person. But see, the weapons that we use, the spiritual weapons, they're not of this world. And they're the very opposite things that Satan would have us do. They're the very opposite of what our flesh wants to do. When I want to write somebody off, when I really want to hit somebody over the head with a two-by-four, I'm serious. You're like, who is this dude? And what am I doing in this building? (laughs) There are emotions There are physical reactions to people who hurt us. But that's, see, I I had to go pray about this because I'm supposed to do good to people who hate me. I'm supposed to bless people who curse me and pray mm -hmm, pray for the people who not just take advantage of you. Pray for the people who despitefully use you and persecute you. This is King James. It doesn't get any more pure than this. Pray for them which despitefully use you and those who persecute you. How hard is it to ask God to bless the person who just talked about you all week? How hard is it to ask God to bless the person who wounded you deeper than you've ever been wounded before? See, these weapons that we use, the, the responsibilities we have, they don't make sense and they're not carnal. And these things, when we use these weapons, the, the weapons of love and the word of God and, and, and fasting and commitment and prayer, they tear down what Satan wants to do in your life. Because the person that hurts you, the person that wounds you, that stabs you in the back, if you hold on to that, if you hate on them, if you wish that you don't have to see them again, that's that's a that's a seed of bitterness. And hatred, that's going to be in your spirit. And that stuff can't coexist with the word of God that we're supposed to hide in our heart. We've got to be having a full court press going on in our life, pressing against these things. I press toward the mark of the calling that God has set for me. And this is what he set for me. To pray for those who despitefully use me and persecute me. Verse 45, why? Why? that you may be the children of your father, which is in heaven. I'm pressing because Satan is going to use people as as weapons against me to hurt me, to try to take me out, to try to derail me, to try to plant seeds of bitterness and hatred in my heart and make me resent people and be jealous of people and, and covet what they have. That means I'm envying what they have. I want their job. I want their house. I want their car. I want their smoking hot spouse, whatever it is those seeds that are planted in our heart, they will take us out. But if we use the word of God to combat these things, this is when we get to go on offense and get a layup instead of having to grind out 30 seconds of offense. Behold our weapons, completely contrary to what society does or what society thinks. There's so many things that we could be justified in doing, that we could be justified in saying, or so many ways we could be justified in acting a certain way, but the word of God holds us to a higher standard. Praying for those who hurt us, praying for those loving people who hate us. This is not, just let me give you a disclaimer right now. You can't do this without the spirit of God. You can't. It's impossible. This is fruit of the spirit stuff right here. I'm not setting up to fail, thinking that you're gonna go out here and just do good. You can't do this without the Spirit of God inside of you. It cannot happen. Our enemy can't stand against an attitude and a spirit like this because love wins. Commitment and dedication win. Being sold out to the cause of Christ wins. Being sold out to his plan for my life, even when it doesn't mesh with society, even when it doesn't make sense to me, or even when it doesn't feel good to me, or let me have what I want, I still win. Learning the word of God wins. There are are resources. It is so easy in today's world to learn the word of God. It's easier than it ever has been in my life to learn the word of God, create offense with your defense. Coach Richardson's 40 minutes of hell was a frantic, noisy environment, and no one wanted to go play in that environment. When we use our weapons to constantly barrage our enemy, he does not stand a chance in our life. It may be a fight. It may feel like 40 minutes of hell, but you will win. When we use our, our weapons to, that God has given us, we begin to impose our will on Satan. It may be frantic. You may get pushed back. You may feel like you're, you're, you're not getting done what you need to happen. But don't stop. Don't stop. Your continued press, your continued barrage against your enemy will, will wear him down. Who's a football fan? Let's shift gears for a second more than basketball. I get that. What's the purpose of a running game? That's the ultimate goal. But why, why, do, why do teams run into the line and run into the line and run into the line? You're wearing that team down, man. You hit them enough and they're going to they're gonna lose a step. They're going to lose some energy and a gap's going to open up and guess what you're going to get? A touchdown. You're trying to wear down your enemy. If you keep pressing, if you keep fighting, if you keep using the weapons that God has given you, you are going to wear down your enemy. Galatians 6 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest. There's that two letter word that separates success from failure. If we do not give up, if we do not give up, don't quit. Don't quit. If we quit, we don't win. But if we don't quit, guess what we do? We win. Don't get get disillusioned. It's okay to get tired. Don't get disillusioned. There's a game plan. There's a game plan. Trust in that plan. Trust in the Lord with how? All of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And what's He going to do? He will direct your path. That's the word of God. That's the game plan that I have to follow. There are going to be timeouts for rest. Come unto me, all you you who are labor and are tired, and I will give you rest. They'll refocus us. They'll give us perspective. We'll, We'll refocus on our game plan. And if we mess up, if we lose a step, I got a whole room full of people right now that I can count on to help me out. That's going to play help defense with me. And you're going to step up and you're going to help me slow down the onslaught that's coming against me. And you're going to pray for me. And you're going to circle around me and you're going to help me. And if it happens to you, we're going to rally around you. We're going to play help defense together. The key is not to quit. And to use the weapons that God has given us to the fullest extent that we can possibly use them. We know that if we do that, if we don't quit, we're going to win. Isaiah 54 says, no weapon forged against you will prevail. King James says, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of, of the Lord. This is their vindication from me declares the Lord. See, if we follow the plan of God and if we pray for those who hurt us and and pray for those who hate us and do good to those who, who mess with us, we don't have to worry about the results because he vindicates us. It's not our job to make sure that our name is cleared. It's not our job to make sure that we get the person back that hurt us. We leave that in God's hands. We do our part. We fight with the weapons that he's given us and no weapon formed against us shall prevail. No weapon shall prosper, and this is our vindication. From who? From God. There's a saying you may have heard in the past when it comes to war and fighting, and I'm sure the army used it, and the marines we used it. Jeff, you'll recognize this. It's good to see you. you and Tasha, Hi. Kill them all, let God sort them out. Who's heard that before? Let's change that right now. We're not going to kill anybody, metaphorically or physically. Love them all and let God sort them out. How about that? Love them all and let God whether they love you or they hate you They they support you or they try to tear you down They they love you or they hurt you or stab you whatever it is Love them all and let God sort them out because all they are when they hurt you is a tool of your enemy You're not fighting that person. You're fighting the spirit that's driving them And no, it's not your job to say there's a spirit driving you today (laughs) Don't tell your spouse that That's just stupid. You're setting yourself up for more fights It's not your job to say you're being driven by a spirit because you're bothering me. No, it's your job to love. It's your job to pray for. And nowhere does that say attack them verbally back. It says to love them and pray for them and let God sort everything out because he will. Who likes that? We like the way it sounds. We don't like the way it feels. Because tomorrow somebody's going to cuss at you or flip you off while you're driving. And you're going to want to flip it back or blow the horn or something. Or at least think bad thoughts in your head about them or what you would do if they would get out of their car. I got an amen on that. I like that. Somebody was honest. See, your job when somebody does that to you and and that red road rage comes up in your head and you start getting that little shake and that little pit in your gut. You all know what I'm talking about, do you? Your job right then is to pray for them. That's not easy. Without the Spirit of God, it's not possible because we want what we want. If I keep pressing, if I keep the faith, if I follow His game plan, guess what? I win, even if it doesn't feel like it in the moment. We have this advantage that people in the Bible didn't have. We have the Bible. Imagine this. The whole New Testament, there were no reference points for what they were experiencing. We we hate on Peter for, for losing faith and sinking in the water. Dude was walking on water. Let's love on Peter for his faith instead of hating on him for his his little moment of fear. How about that? See, it's easy to hate on somebody for what they do wrong instead of loving on them for what they do right. But they didn't have the reference points. We have the entire New Testament and the Old Testament to use as a reference. I'll stop right there. But we have these, these guidebooks to follow and these examples of what God can do. They didn't have that. It was all, the New Testament was all new territory. They were considered heretics. And we have this. And see, we can flip back to the book of Revelation, and we can see who wins. Who reads the back of the book first? One, two of you. Three. Y'all crazy. You start a book, you start at the beginning and read to the back because you don't want to know what happens at the end, right? Some of y'all have to know what happens at the end before you read the whole book. But we can, we can take advantage and we can read the back of the book and find out that if we keep on, if we don't quit, if we use the weapons that God has given us, guess who wins? We do. All we got to do is stick it out. All we have to do is stick it out. But that's not all we want to do. See, this is... we. This whole ball of wax, we win. We spend eternity forever with Jesus. Satan spends eternity in hell. This is about perspective. This is about the long game. See, sometimes we, we think we've lost when something doesn't go our way. We, we think we've lost when we don't get what we want. We, we think we've lost when someone close to us dies. See, I can speak about that because it's happened to me. And now it's going to get quiet for a second. But when, when that happens, when, when my mom died and I was angry and I was like, what in the world? And I, I went and hid in the woods and hunted deer for a few days and all like, whatever I did. When I, when I came to the realization that like the Apostle Paul said that she had run her race, that she had kept the faith and she was where I'm trying to get. And she was no longer having to deal with the stuff that I have to deal with. And she no longer had cancer and and, and pain all this stuff. When I realized that she had already won and that gave me perspective, then I was able to accept that she was gone, but she was where I was going. Does that make sense? It doesn't make it any easier because we miss that person. But just because I lose somebody close to me doesn't mean that I have lost. They won. I may have lost someone to confide in, someone to talk to, and someone to hug, but I haven't lost long-term. I've lost short-term. But the long-term game, I still win because I will see her again. And whoever you lost in your life, they're with Jesus. All you got to do is stick it out and use the weapons he's given you, and you fight, and you fight. And you fight and you press toward the mark and you press toward the calling and you find out what the game plan is and you press and you press and you press, and guess what? You're gonna be there. Long term, you win. The long game says, I'm in this until I die or Jesus comes back and takes us all out together. That's the long game. Comfort right now in this moment on this earth is not the long game, it's instant gratification. Eternity with Jesus is the long game. All I know is this, y'all. If I don't quit, I win. If I don't quit, I win. I will be saved. My family will be saved. More people in our community will be saved, and our community will grow. See, this is not about numbers, but it is. It's about taking as many people to heaven with us as we can. This is about loving somebody enough to tell them about Jesus. This is about loving somebody enough to say, this is what you need to do. As individuals, we desperately need to put on a full court press. We desperately need to get in the game and use the weapons that God has given us to fight If you've noticed, I kept saying us as individuals, our families, and our community. There's a reason I'm not just fighting for me. I I have to understand that if I'm the point person on the full court press, the harder I play, the more intense I am. If I create a turnover, my enemy never gets 75 feet down the court to, to, to attack my three, four, and five. The harder I fight, I'm protecting the people in my community. It's not just about me because I am my brother's keeper. Don't give up. Don't quit. Somebody's depending on you, and there is a plan. I said this last week. When one, when one of us hurt, we all hurt. When one of us wins, we all celebrate with them. Today, you may have issues in your life. You may be feeling down or hopeless or feeling that things are never going to change for you, but today, everybody say today. 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 can be your day of declaration. Today, you can decide to do something about what you're going through instead of just being upset about it. Who's upset about something right now? I got both hands up. If I said who wants $10 million, some of y'all wouldn't raise your hands. Today is the day, instead of just being upset about something, you can decide to do something about it. Today is a day that you can play crazy defense to create offense in your life. Today is a day that you can begin a full court press on your problems, your situation, and your issue. And I'm going to give you homework at the end of this. Whatever you're facing, you can. Everybody say, I can. You can can win. Don't talk about it. Don't put on social media, this is what I'm going to do. No. Don't talk about it. Just do it. Just do it. Don't make declarations. I'm going to change. I'm going to no. Just do it. Protect this house. Who saw what I did there? Nike, Under Armour, my wife. Thank you, thank you, babe. God gave me her for several reasons. Protect your house. Protect your family. Protect your future. Safeguard that. God has given you promise. He's put a plan in motion for you. If you don't have a family yet, protect your family anyway because you're going to have one. Protect your marriage. Protect your future marriage by doing the right thing now so it can be great later. But it doesn't always feel good to do the right thing now. No, it doesn't. But just do it. Commit today for change. It's time to live For Jesus. Everybody say for Jesus. Jesus. It's time to press toward the goal that he has for us. Let's stand together. I'm done. Sweet. It's time to press. It's It's time to play crazy defense and force our enemy into some turnovers because he cannot stand against what God has given us. I wonder today how many of us in this room would commit. Everybody, first close your eyes by your heads. I want to do something right now. Please don't be looking around. Who right now is facing a, a a really strong challenge in your life? Something's really coming against you, fighting you, and you feel tired. You feel like you just don't know. You're tired. You're you're tired of the onslaught. You're tired of fighting. You need a break. All right, you can put your hands down. Thank you. Probably a third of you raised your hand. That's a lot. Here's here's the deal it's not time to give up. It's not time to sit back in a comfortable 2 3 defense and wait for our enemy to drive the length of the court while analyzing us and figuring out how to pick us apart to seeing who the weakest link is, to seeing where the soft spot is. It's time to press up. It's time to get frantic. It's time to create 40 minutes of hell in your life. Not personally, but it's time for you to take hell to the devil. You may be tired. You may feel overwhelmed. But his strength isn't made perfect in how good you are. The Bible says that his strength is made perfect in my weakness. In my inability to win, his strength is made perfect. When I can't do it, the Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises up standards, walls, weapons against him and protects me. You may feel like you can't take another step. You may feel like what you're going through right now is going to overtake you, and you may feel overwhelmed, but it's not the time to stop. Today is your time out. Today is your time out to refocus, to regroup, to understand that the game plan for your life, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter how many mistakes that you've made, the game plan for your life is still the game plan for your life because what did we learn week one? The gifts and the callings of God, they're not revoked. They are constant. They are there. So when I come to a timeout and I I know that I've I've been beat up, I've made mistakes, in the timeout I get to refocus, I get to repent, and I get to step back into the purpose that God has called me to. And that's when I get to do something. Because I'm, you're in a timeout right now. This is where you get some rest. This is where you get some perspective. And you can go out of here understanding. I'm going to give you three things to do. And I'm gonna, I want you to do these things. And this is, this is the beginning of your full court press. Because whatever you raise your hand about, that's your thing. That's what you've identified. And that's what you're going to press on. You're going to press up. And you're going to take back some territory that the enemy's trying to take from you. You're going to get back some peace that he's stolen from you. You're going to get back some time that he's taken from you. And you're going to refocus. And you're going to be effective like you've never been before. Because you're going to be laser focused and pressing on the enemy's territory. And you're going to take some. Here's what we're going to do. Three things. Everybody say three. Identify your challenger. You've already done that. What's hurting you right now? What's what's threatening you right now? What's messing you up? If it's a relationship, if it's an addiction, if it's pornography, if it's music, if it's literature, whatever it is, if it's whatever, whoever, identify that mess. And I realize I may have just called some people mess, but identify that noise in your life. Whatever's pressing against you, identify that thing. Number two, Pray. What's that weapon I talked about? Pray. Pray for 30. I want you to mark your calendar. Pray for 30 days. 30 days every day. Here's what I want you to do put a sticky note when you go to bed at night. Put a sticky note on the screen of your phone because I know, and you know, the first thing you look at when you wake up in the morning is your phone screen. I'm being dead serious. Put a sticky note on your phone screen with that thing on there. And when you wake up in the morning and you roll over and you pick up your phone, you see that word or that phrase. Right then before your feet hit the floor, right then before you start your day, I want you to pray. And I want you to declare, to speak to that mountain that it's got to move. And ask God for help and to get strength against that thing that you're trying to fight, that's trying to overtake you. That's called a full court press. The first thing you do before you get out of bed, pray against that thing. The third thing, find a Bible study or devotional. This isn't sexy. Go to Bible.org, the Bible app. There are thousands. It's so easy. If If your problem is gambling, Type in gambling. Guess what? There's going to be four, five, six, 10, 20 things pop up and you can do a 30-day devotional or a 30-day reading plan with your prayer. I lost some of y'all right then. Y'all were with me until that point. I got to pray and do a study for 30 days? Where's the magic wand? That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. I challenge you. I challenge you, if you do this, if you identify this thing, and you pray about it every single day for a month, there'll be maintenance to do after this. You don't just walk away from something and never bother you again. There'll be maintenance after this. You get a reading plan or a Bible study to back that prayer up. I hid your word in my heart so I might not sin against you. That's what you're doing. The weapons that we use aren't carnal, but they tear down strongholds in our life. There's a war going on right now for some people in this room. You better believe it. You're like, why so serious? Because it's serious. They're going to sing in a second and we're going to pray. But you've got to do these three things. If you want to be free of what's bothering you, if you want to press up and take territory from your enemy, if you want to turn your defense into offense, do those three things. Identify it. Pray about it for a month before you ever touch the floor. That means you might have to get up five minutes earlier. Is it worth it? Is your long-term salvation, is your long-term success worth denying yourself for a minute? I think so. But you have to know so. You have to know so. Find the devotional or the Bible study on that subject, not just how to be a better person. No. Let's leave the tulips and get to the meat of what's bothering you. How do I forgive somebody? How do I love somebody who who is hating me? How do I stop this addiction? How do I live peaceably with my family? Whatever your issue is, find something about that. I got more, but I'm done. I know this. If we don't quit, we win. If we don't quit, we win. It's that simple. I'm going to step down. We will pray with you about anything that you need to pray about. Anything. But today is about us committing to pressing on our issue and to not letting Satan take us out and wear us down. It's time for it to go the other way around. It's time for us to wear him down and take him out. Your mountain may seem huge, but the Bible says that, when in that in that day, when we finally get to see him, not Jesus, Satan, you'll see him. You'll see what it looks like. We're, we are going to respond like, is this the one that I was so scared of? Is this the one that gave me so many problems? We're going to feel contemptuous when we see him. Understand, today was tough because this message had to happen. Somebody had to hear this. About 25 of y'all had to hear this today. And I know more than that. Because they're facing something right now that you've got to win. But it's not time for you to just go back in your little cocoon and play 2-3 defense. It's time for you to get out of your zone and go play offense and kick this thing's tail.